Hi, this is Gary Mace. Back again with the case against. I'm going to be reading from a chapter in my book, Blood on Black. I have two other books on the West Memphis Three case, uh, Where the Monsters Go, which is the second volume of a two-volume set, with Blood on Black being the first volume and also a revised condensed version of the two books combined called The Case Against the West Memphis Three Killers. The title of the chapter is, I know I'm going to influence the world people will remember me. This is about Damien Eccles. He had uh, been in three mental institutions over the summer of 1992. This was a year before uh, he was involved in the killings of Michael Moore, Stevie Branch, and Christopher Byers on May 5th, 1993 in West Memphis, Arkansas. His co-defendants were Jason Baldwin and Jesse Miskelly Jr. And uh, they were found guilty. And well, you, if you've been following the, the this at all, you know the rest of the story. But you don't know all the details, so we'll go we'll go into some of that here. After three trips to mental hospitals, Damien Eccles again was wandering Crittenden County. He turned 18 in December 1992, still relying on his much-loathed adopted father for food and lodging. Eccles was referred back to counseling on January 5, 1993. His medication remained imipramine, the Tofranil brand of antidepressant. While imipramine effectively treats depression and is sometimes prescribed for panic attacks or anxiety, the medication can cause or worsen emotional problems such as mood, anxiety, panic attacks, insomnia, impulse control, irritability, hostility, aggression, restlessness, hyperactivity, depression, and self-abuse or suicidal ideation. The intake sheet for January 5th, prepared by social worker Sherry Dawkins, uh, contained extensive notes noting hospitalizations and that he was on probation. Dawkins wrote, Damien reports his problems began at age eight when his parents divorced and Pam remarried. She's quoting Damien here. They were constantly fighting, tried to ignore it, but finally started fighting back. Three months ago, mother divorced him and remarried father. It was more than three months before. Uh, she divorced him in May, June of 1992, and she got back with the father within, uh, gotten back with Joe Hutchison. Pam, Pam Eccles, Pam Hutchison got back with Joe Hutchison within weeks of the divorce. Sister, mother, and father currently live in Portland, Oregon. 
He has little contact with family, currently lives with stepfather Jack Eccles. Quote, it's the only way I could live here in Arkansas, unquote. They do not get along, but rarely see each other. Damien is preparing to move in with girlfriend and her mother when they get an apartment. Reports he and Domini, his girlfriend, have been together for a long time, question mark. Um, six months before, Damien had been threatening to kill himself over his breakup with Deanna Holcomb. So it seems a little strange he would describe Domini as a longtime girlfriend, but apparently he had been going back and forth between Deanna, who he was really much more interested in, and Domini. Uh, the report continued, Damien wants to live in West Memphis because of his friends and, quote, it's where I belong, unquote. Despite his subsequent disparagement of West Memphis, Damien regarded the town as home. He was willing to risk constant scrutiny to live there. A further irony was his association with Jack Eccles, listed as his parent guardian on the intake papers, who was allowing Damien to live in his home. Concerning Damien's state of mind, Describes self as feeling neutral, nothing most of the time. Denies current suicidal, homicidal ideation. Reports history of self-mutilation, cutting self with knives, razors. Last time was three months ago. Denies symptoms of depression. Quote, I usually don't smile, unquote. He quit school in ninth grade because he was not allowed to return to his previous school, Marion High School. Reports sleeping most of the day and then goes to Domini's house. Uh, Damien was holding a, down a part-time job with a roofing company. Relates that he tends to trance out when by himself he has done this since the fifth grade. Reports history of alcohol, drug usage, coke, acid, pot, alcohol. Uh, denies current usage. This seems to be consistent. He's always talking about his prior drug usage, but rarely ever admits to current usage. Reports being harassed by local authorities as they think I'm a satanic leader. Quoting Damien. He admits being caught with satanic items and with handwritten books about witchcraft. Denies cult involvement. Is interested in witchcraft for past eight years. He has tried to steal energy from someone else and influence other minds with witchcraft. States he was able to do these things. Uh, it's ironic that Damien... It's actually downright strange that Damien can't understand why they think he's involved with Satanism when he's walking around with satanic items, which I'm not sure what those are, but let's take his word for it that he knows what he's talking about. Uh, and he has these unusual beliefs about stealing energy and influencing other minds with witchcraft. Eccles believed that uh, he could steal energy from other people and 
in his murder trial in 1994, he uh, testified that, and and in questioning earlier by police, he testified that children contain more energy for magical purposes than adults, and this is s sort of a well-known uh, belief in the occult circles, uh, most prominently promoted by Damien's lifelong idol, Aleister Crowley. Dawkins also reported, described self as pretty much hate the human race, related that he feels people are in two classes, sheep and wolves. Wolves eat the sheep. Dressed in black, wearing silver cross and earring studs, intense eye contact. Uh, the wolf in chief's clothing statement is from an ancient concept as expressed in the Bible. Beware of false prophets who come to you in the clothing of sheep, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Psychopaths often describe themselves in wolfish terms. For instance, the sadistic psychopath Eric Harris, one of the two Columbine high killers, described fantasies of ripping apart weak little freshmen like a wolf. Charles Manson referred to his followers as slaves or sheep and recorded a record album called Way of the Wolf. The theme is also popular in occult circles. Uh, the Church of Satan website, for example, maintains extensive web pages d devoted to lycanthropy, a handbook of werewolfism, describing occult exercises for transforming their practitioner into a man-wolf. A person who has, quote, a person who has regressed by force of will and desire to a feral or wolf-like state, unquote. It turns grandiose and pitiable, Damien's Wildly fluctuating self-regard was on display throughout the records. Dr. Woods, Dr. George Woods, who interviewed Eccles for the to prepare defense documents, building a case that he was mentally unable to assist in his defense in his original trial, and Dr. Woods talked to Eccles after he'd been in prison for six or seven years in 2000. Uh, Dr. Woods described Eccles' return to East Arkansas Mental Health Center. There is an abundance of evidence to show that Mr. Eccles' serious mental illness required long-term hospitalization and more aggressive treatment than he received in prior hospitalizations. In January of 1993, Mr. Eccles again sought help at East Arkansas Mental Health Center where mental health professionals described Mr. Eccles' elaborate history of delusions, psychosis, and severe problems with mood and memory. His delusions often were grandiose. His mood escalated, oscillated rather, between euphoria and severe depression. During his worst periods, Mr. Eccles became psychotic. He felt a spirit was living within him that was, quote, put inside him last year, unquote. The, the, that spirit decided to become part of him and was the spirit of a woman who was killed by her husband. 
Though profoundly mentally ill, Mr. Eccles has always responded well to the structure of a therapeutic setting. He has never been a management problem, and staff members uniformly describe him as passive, compliant, and likable. This quiet and likable version of the institutionalized Eccles would co consistently show up for TV interviews from death row in coming years. In January 1993, Damien told the uh, Mental Health Center staff that his problems began at age nine with Jack Eccles. Uh, Damien reported self-mutilation and said he had a history of abusing drugs, though he was, though as usual, he denied current usage. On January 13th, Dockage reported, Damien reports one of his biggest problems that he would like to work on is being able to forgive others. When questioned about this, he reports that he is very angry with family members and with other people who have let him down. He wants to be normal but feels he has never been normal. He discussed issues of power and control. He states he would he states that he can make things happen. He believes very much in magic. Damien's affect and mood was flat. He did not smile during the session. For the January 19th session, she reported, Damien relates that he is trying to find a way to live on his own. He does not get along with stepfather, reveals a history of abuse as he talked of how he was treated as a child, denies that this has influenced him, stating, I just put it all inside, relates that when this happens, the only solution is to, quote, hurt someone, unquote, Damien reports being told at the hospital that he could be another Charles Manson or Ted Bundy. When questioned on his feelings, he states, I know I'm going to influence the world. People will remember me. When the uh, defense was getting prepared for his trial, They uh, relied heavily upon Ron Lax and his staff from his detective agency, a Memphis private detective and his uh, detective agency, Inquisitor Incorporated. And one of his assistants was named Glory Shettles. And uh, she produced a, a work product for the Eccles trial and reported that that particular session uh, with the mental health professional produced very damaging notes. After Echo's January 20th session, Dr. David Irby wrote, three psychiatric hospitalizations. Each has been associated with anger, thoughts of killing others, and thoughts of killing himself. He's not currently suicidal or homicidal. He's been on Tofranil 15 milligrams at bedtime for about a year. He's found that that's been somewhat helpful. He's not experiencing any side effects with it. He's tried to stop it and has had some discontinuation symptoms. So once again, a mental health professional had noted that Damien Eccles described, it's consistently described as mental health problems as a teenager 
as just sort of typical teenage angst, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, when, you know, the truth is he had as the one, a, a, one after another of these mental health professionals noted he had suicidal or homicidal impulses. It's also worth noting, though, his, that his medication was deemed to be somewhat helpful, but nonetheless, Damien Eccles was trying to discontinue said medication. For I don't, for what reason, we have no idea, but, you know, it's it seems strange if it was being somewhat helpful and he is so severely disturbed, uh, it seems that an antidepressant would probably be the least sort of medication he should be administered. Anyway, Shettles noted, the, the private detective assistant Shettles noted that yet another session on January 25th was, quote, very damaging, unquote. The individual progress notes by Sherry Dawkins noted, Focus of today's session is spent talking with Damien about his feelings of death. He brought with him to session a poem that he had written during the past week. The theme of this poem centered around death and power. Damien explained that he obtains his power by drinking the blood of others. He typically drinks the blood of a sexual partner or of a ruling partner. This is achieved by biting or cutting. He states, quote, it makes me feel like a god. Unquote. Damien describes drinking blood as giving him more power and strength. He remembers doing this as far back as age 10. He does not remember where he learned to do this. Now, is there any question at this point why some theorize that Damien Eccles may have had this sort of harvesting of power as an in incentive and a motive for committing crimes that he was for which he was convicted. Anyway, back to Sherry Dawkins' notes. Damien believes that there is no God. He feels that society believes there is a God because society is weak. He wants very much to be all-powerful. He wants very much to be in total control. We discussed how some of this is related to his experiences as a child. He acknowledges he acknowledges that some of this is related to his childhood and abuse trauma, but he feels that it is who he is now. Uh, Damien related that a spirit is now living with, with him. That spirit was put inside him last year. He indicates that a month ago, the spirit decided to become part of him and he to become part of the spirit. This is reportedly a spirit of a woman who was killed by her husband. When questioned how he feels with this spirit or what the difference is, Damien is able to relate that he feels stronger and more powerful with this spirit. He does, has not seen this spirit, but he does hear the spirit. In addition, he also reports conversations with demons and other spirits. This is achieved through rituals. He denies that he is satanic, seeing himself more as being involved in demonology. And, you know, th those wacky West Memphis police, they thought he was a Satanist. When he was 
a mere demonologist. He was just simply communing with the demons. He wasn't actually worshiping Satan. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. But anyway, it becomes more noticeable today in talking with Damien that he has many things from childhood that he simply does not remember. This is believed to be a dissociative response to trauma issues. Damien is agreeable to beginning to talk about what he experienced as a child that he remembers. He has also agreed to continue to discuss his issues with power and control as related to his practice of rituals. Damien's affected mood today continued to be bland, though these, there was more emotion when talking about drinking blood. So there you have it. Damien Eccles livened up his therapy sessions with discussions about gaining power through drinking blood via cuts and biting. They also could have livened up those sessions by having Eccles explain the difference between Satanism and invoking demons through ritual. Now, in theory, a powerful magician would be able to control demons or other disembodied entities through proper ritual, the use of the will, and use them for his own purposes. Those purposes wouldn't be necessarily evil in intent, and many dabblers in bygone eras regarded themselves as Christian and by no means Satanist. Orthodox Christianity, however, has regarded trafficking with demons as evil. Uh, Eccles was almost certainly manipulating the mental health staff to qualify for Social Security disability, but his delusions, such as being inhabited by the spirit of a murdered woman, were consistent with statements made when disability wasn't an issue. Among other noted killers who claimed to have been possessed by some sort of spirit was Ted Bundy, who claimed a malignant entity had taken over his consciousness. Other serial killers, such as John Wayne Gacy and Hillside Strangler Kenneth Bianchi, blamed murderous alter egos for their crimes. On February 5th, Dawkins reported that Eccles dressed completely in black and is noted to have cut on his right arm and hand. Damien relates that he cut his arm and hand as a way of permanently marking his skin. The name Domini is cut into his arm. Session continues focused on Damien's self-concept and image. Relates feeling very angry yesterday when running into previous girlfriend. And I'm assuming we're talking, I mean, it's a safe assumption here we're talking about Deanna Holcomb. Poet Damien, I controlled it. I can do anything. Unquote. Dawkins' assessment, affect, affect and mood flat. So despite his dis supposed devotion to Domini, Eccles still felt the effect of his breakup with Deanna deeply. On February 11th, Eccles reported that he was being harassed by local authorities. Quote, they think I'm a satanic leader. Unquote. He admitted to having satanic items, but denied involvement in Satanism. He said he had been interested in witchcraft for eight years. His diagnosis was, cha diagnosis was changed to depressive disorder. He was described Toffernail in the 150 milligram dose. 
So, you know, this, these same top topics of Eccles walking around with satanic items um, and then not then being outraged that somebody thinks he's involved in Satanism, he, this keeps popping up over and over again. Uh, his parents were concerned about his satanic involvement in some of his mental uh, health hospital hospitalizations. Dr. Woods, this is in 2000, described echo, you know, an assessment of the time back in 1992. Uh, Dr. Woods described Echols' continued mental health problems and dealings with the Social Security Administration. Though he was only 18 years old, mental health professionals at East Arkansas Regional Mental Health Center concurred that Mr. Echols' severe and enduring Mental illness made him unable to function without substantial assistance from mental health and other agencies. Staff members assisted Mr. Eccles in applying for Social Security disability benefits through the Social Security Administration. After conducting an independent evaluation, the administration determined that Mr. Eccles was 100% disabled and was awarded full disability benefits on the basis of his mental illness. The finding by the Social Security Administration of a mental disability is a significant factor that any competent mental health professional would consider in an objective determination of Mr. Eccles' mental state. At the time of arrest and trial, Mr. Eccles was considered, still considered severely mentally impaired by the Social Security Administration and was receiving full disability benefits." Unquote. He, uh, he had applied for the disability in early February 1993. Uh, you know, he just turned 18 um, in December, just two months before. So he didn't waste any time in signing up for the money he would have coming if he was deemed to be disabled. In his application, he claimed he was too mentally ill to work, describing his symptoms as mentally disturbed. On another form, he wrote, quote, I am a sociopath, unquote. Asked, what is your disabling condition? Eccles answered, I'm going through treatment at the mental health center and have been in several mental hospitals. He explained how his condition kept him from working. Because when I try to take a time out, my employers don't like it. Violent. Medicine makes me sleepy. Vomit and headaches. As for the reasons for his hospitalizations on the two stays at Charter Hospital in Little Rock, he wrote, Homicidal, suicidal, manic depression, schizophrenia, sociopathic. And for the hospital in Portland, Oregon, St. Vincent's, he wrote, homicidal, suicidal, manic depression, schizophrenia, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, sociopathic. Eccles was deemed totally disabled and began receiving full Social Security disability payments. The rest of the Hutchinsons moved back to West Memphis around March. Joe and Pam had remarried in February. Joe, 37, had been married at least four times. Pamela, 35, had been married three times. 
Eccles began sleeping most nights at the Tear Trailer. Diane, uh, Dominique Tear, their mother Diane, had a trailer in Lakeshore Trailer Park just down the street from Jason Baldwin, Eccles' best friend. And, and Eccles would stay occasionally at his parents' trailer at Broadway Trailer Park, which is in West Memphis. And these two trailer parks are located uh, about four miles apart, four or five miles apart. And a walking, the only real walking shortcut between those two locations is across to get across the 10 mile bayou which is at, passes passes by the the woods where the three boys were killed you cross a pipe bridge which the three boys crossed from their neighborhood and uh, so Eccles described himself as walking through that area two or three times a week he was highly familiar with it he would have had to walk to through the woods literally to get to uh, his uh, to his friend's house and then back home again. The Hutchinsons didn't have a bedroom for Damien, so he had to share a room with his sister Michelle. Someone often slept on the couch. For his last appointment on May 5, 1993, he did not talk to Sherry Dawkins, but to Dr. Irby. His impermine Prescription was refilled. The handwritten physician's progress report was difficult to read, having been the only photocopy in 509 pages in the Exhibit 500 uh, files uh, on CallahanMySite.com, where all the trial records are kept. It was the only photocopy in all those pages, over 500 pages of Damien's middle health history, that was misaligned on the copier. Fragments are visible, however, and I'll read these as best I can. Uh, at times he is impulsive, things that may be harmful. He has impulses to do strange, harmful things to himself. He suicidal thoughts. He says he likes to read, swim, playing pool, likes to work with animals, snakes, lizards, and spiders. He is bothered if snakes are killed, even if they are poison. Has not seriously considered a vocation. The mother seems dedicated, but insecure. He seems to enjoy people being concerned about him. Later that day, okay, that's the end of the notes. This, this was on May 5th, 1993. Later that day, Damien Eccles got together with his friends, Jason Baldwin and Jesse Miskelly. They drank some beer. He drank some beer. Jason, Jason drank some beer. Jesse Miskelly drank some, a whole lot of Evan, Evan Williams whiskey. And uh, in Robin Hood Hills, a little wooded area between the little boy's neighborhood and, and the interstate, he killed Michael Moore, Christopher Byers, and Stevie Branch. That's all from this week. I'll hope to be back next week. Thank you.